Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Breakdown with Daniel Litwin, where we talk to mid-Missouri musicians and dissect one of their tracks in a way that is relevant to artists and listeners alike. On today's episode, which does include some strong language, we interview Joseph X, a St. Louis-based rapper and hip-hop artist. We'll break down his song, Suede, and how he steps into other people's shoes to create his lyrics. We'll also call up Alex Oren, the producer for Suede, who describes his beat-making process with technical and creative prowess. Here's a little bit of that song. We are here with episode three. Weird to believe that we're working on three episodes now, which is pretty lit. And we have quite the guest today. Today we have St. Louis-based rapper Joseph X in the studio. Joseph X, how are you doing today? How are you doing, Daniel? I'm great, man. How about you? I'm doing all right. It's yeah. cold one out there, though. It is very cold. Um, well, when this airs, it won't be yesterday, but I saw Brockhampton yesterday, and um, the roads were just atrocious. Mm. I was slipping and sliding next to, like, a 18-wheeler on the highway. Mm. Life flashed before my eyes. I-70's a nightmare. Yeah, definitely a nightmare. Today we're going to be breaking down one of your songs called Suede. Mm-hmm. When did you drop Suede? Dropped Suede back in November. Uh, I think it was our Thanksgiving break. Uh, so it's been about two months or so now, three months or so. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So before we dive right into the track, I want to know a little bit more about you mm-hmm. as a rapper and an artist. So why don't you walk me through a little bit of Joseph X, like kind of your progression as an artist. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm still a student. I'm actually senior here at uh, University of Missouri. Same. Uh, and uh, yeah, shout out Tigers. And, yeah. Uh, well, I came up with the name Joseph X because my middle name is Joseph. Just t- tacked an X on, on top of there. So that's how the name came to be. I started rapping in my buddy's uh, closet, actually. He had a place over Campus View. Uh, and uh, he's since transferred to Missouri State, and I've uh, since you know gotten different equipment and recorded all sorts of different places. But that's sure. where it all began. Uh, but just to give you a taste of or kind of summary of what my music kind of sounds like, it's kind of like a pop rap uh, kind of mix, a little cocktail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to th- throw Fancy. in a lot of different things. Yeah, it <laughs> tastes great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> I like to throw in a lot of different influences. I'd say Smino is definitely a big influence for me. He's another guy out of St. Louis that I really respect a lot because uh, he always is keeping it uh, a lot of variety, and especially in the flows. Uh, flows for me is number one. I always start with, with melody, notes, flows, and then the bars come from there. Uh, and I start just kind of fleshing out a song off of that. Because, uh, I mean, in my mind, you know, how many times have you, like, listened to a rap song and you're singing along, but you don't even know the words? Right. So I kind of kind of came from that perspective. It's like, you know, it's more of a feeling than it is exactly what, you know, people want to, you know, hear or understand. Uh, it's, you know, a sentiment or something. Sure. So it's like instead of crafting an overt message all the time in your music, you're more of using your words to craft an emotion or a feeling to yeah. push on your listeners? Yeah, I don't overthink it. I don't overthink it at all. Um, I get really stoned. I get really high, usually. <laughs> I, mean, I, I had to quit recently, but 
yeah, just get really high and I just let it flow, man. I just, you know, kind of see what comes out. And if I fuck with it, if I like it, you know, that's what's going to go on the, <laughs> that's what's going to get recorded and that's what's going to get released. So. That's the way to do it. Free yourself and just let it, let it come to you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Totally. So for this song specifically, Suede, mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about where you were in your life when you decided to sit down and write this track and kind of how the beginning concepts of it start started to come together. Yeah, sure. I was just sitting uh, in my buddy, uh, Alex Warren. He's a producer I work with a lot in St. Louis, and we're going to hear from him in a little bit, sounds like. And uh, he had just crafted this beat, and I was just sitting there listening to him make it, and I kind of was on the, I kind of hit some of the kicks, uh, so I was kind of a little bit involved in the beat making process, but then I just kind of sat down, uh, Alex chilled out while I just kind of wrote what I felt, just wrote what came to me. And Only gotta catch a beat on the feds, police always wanna see you in check, swear to God I got the death in the res, on the spot I couldn't play the defense, called you up and she's a be there in 10, didn't know I wanna see you again. Uh, you know, that's what ended up coming out of this song. So in terms of, you know, where I was in my life, you know, like I said, I don't really overthink this stuff, you know. Uh, there's actually a, gr a great example and the kind of like really summarize, you know, my perspective and attitude towards music, especially sure. like lyrics and music. Uh, you know, when Young Thug and Future released Super Slimy this mm, other day. Great mixtape. I really yeah, enjoyed it. Was it. Amazing, yeah. amazing project. One of my... Just, they're my idols. Uh, but, you know, somebody tweeted at him because he had just recently broken up with his uh, girlfriend, uh, Jerrica. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the songs is, you know, about him cheating on somebody or, you know, and breaking up with somebody. And they say, you know, oh, this is about Jerrica. And he tweeted back. He's like, you know, you don't know that. You know, that has no relation. In fact, you know, sometimes I just step in other people's lives. It could be about anybody because music is not, you know, all about you all the time. It's not all about me. Sometimes it's, some feeling that you're trying to get, you know, out of your audience. This is a vibe or it's a, you know, a melody that you really thought really matched with a certain story, really matched with a certain type of person that you want to become and kind of, you know, be that person uh, just for a song. But, you know, I, I like to step into a mindset, you know, it's not, it's nothing about, uh, you know, I have to stick to my roots and talk about, you know, white suburbia because that's where I come from. And, sure. You know, it's a really, really boring place to be for most fans of music, especially fans of hip hop who, <laughs> for the most part, just do not care or just think it's a really boring, you know, spot to be in life. I almost completely agree. Mm -hmm. uh, so I step out of my comfort zone. Sometimes I talk about stuff that didn't happen to me, might happen to other people. I'm not trying to be something I'm not. I want to, you know, make that clear. But yeah, at the same definitely. time, I just want to uh, create a feeling, you know, that people can really step into a mindset, even if it's not, you know, something that I got out of my life in particular. Um, but yeah, Suede is something that, you know, just kind of came out of being really high in Alex Orange's studio. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I can hardly move right now. And I just kind of st stepped away from there. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, since we're on this this deep track now. I feel like we've we've dug ourselves into the hole. We got to just jump straight into the lyrics sure. of the song before we explore the music aspect of it. So the first few paragraphs here, you sort of paint this scene of 
um, kind of trying to dodge the police and sort of like a track record. Homie gotta catch a beat on the feds. Police always want to see you in check. Swear to God I got the different arrest. On the spot I couldn't plead a defense. Called you up and she's a be there in 10. Didn't know I wouldn't see you again. All of a sudden bitches seeming the same. Think about how oh, I'm living a pen. People are seeing you differently now. Yeah. So how did you create this scene? What, what were you trying to say here in the first few paragraphs? Yeah, so I, I was trying to basically create a scene of, you know, I'm on the run. You know, some people are coming after me now, and uh, I'm trying to get away. And the people that I thought I trusted, you know, now that I'm in this spot, are now gone. Or they're not, you know, coming to my defense. Um, so, I mean, now I'm on my own. i got to handle it myself. Um, so I basically am in the hook, in the course, or whatever you want to call it. You know, I'm warning people, you know, you know I'm high as hell. And I am on the run, so if you want to be with me, you better be here for real, or you're going to, you know, have to deal with the same stuff that I'm dealing with right now. That's basically, you know, a two, three-sentence summary of the vibe of the song I'm trying to get. Uh, but, yeah, like I mentioned, you know, I start with the melody. I start with what I'm doing rhythmically, and I start with the feeling, and I build, you know, I flesh a song out of from there. So, I mean, I, I was thinking this beat, I mean, this is a kickback and smoke a backwood type of beat. And that is exactly the type of vibe I wanted to build. And sometimes, you know, to get that sort of vibe, you got to talk about the negative stuff in your life to get to that sort of peace. After you lay that out, you kind of go into... Lawyers, they want to take the 10%. Take a quarter K to stay out of fence. I was born and raised to carry the team. I did 40 days of being depressed. Um, You have a line about, you already did your 40 days of being depressed. Mm-hmm. So were you talking about a specific point in your life where you like felt really down? Yeah. Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no clear, not not necessarily. Yeah. And... The clear and simple answer is no. Yeah, no. I got you. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great line. I mean, that's it that's, a, no, that's all I wanted to do. As I I thought I think of a line, and you know whether it has any relation to the real world, it doesn't register with me. It's you know I'm coming from a place of. I want people to enjoy saying this line with me. It's not about, you know, what, what happened to me in my life. I want you guys, I want my fans uh, to, when they say this stuff, that has to feel good. It has to feel good in your mouth. It has to feel yeah. good in your heart. And really, you know, that's how people dig into a song and then they come back and they chew on that. And it's like, you know, it's a difference between good and bad carbs, you know, it's something (laughs) like that, you know, where some songs you just have to digest. And if you're not something of substance, if it's all just perfect little rhymes that all just, you know, add up perfectly, you know, that's not going to interest people. You want something that really is tough to chew on, like a, you know, prime rib steak or or something. Yeah, right. I mean, for me, when I think of... Um, laying out something that breaks the mold of just being a fun rhyme. Mm-hmm. It's usually in the route of let's let's try and say something real. Yeah, let's try and go and draw from something I've done and something I've said, and kind of making that accessible to people. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of how when I write my music, I approach it. But what I love is that you come at it from the completely opposite angle, mm-hmm. which is just as valid and honestly, it captures people in a totally different way, which is breaking the mold of just doing fun rhymes that people, it's like, oh, I love how he rhymed those words. And it's more about going with almost playing on the rhythms specifically of what you're saying and the flow from word to word Mm -hmm. and making people like want to 
chant along with you those yep. words. Yeah. So now we get into the hook. I can hardly move you. High before the news break. The 12 and I pursue you. Backwards in that Bruce Wayne. I'm kicking all my shoes. you vibing in that blue sweat. Step into the booth. Ay. You know how we do. Kind of like lay out that, that vibe you were going for. Uh, to me, the most important thing about this isn't really even uh, the bars or the rhymes. I mean, to me, it's the harmonies. And that's, to me, always been, you know, my absolute favorite things to do while I'm recording uh, is to, you know, create these, uh, you know, palettes of melodies that kind of work together, you know, sonically. So it's not going to be just one vocal. It's going to be three. And they're all going to work together kind of in unison and synchronize, uh, you know, sort of a feeling. So I did that on some of my other songs. I did that on Wild. I did that on Healthy. Mm. I mean, honestly, almost every song I'm going to do from here on out is going to feature something like that uh, because I think my voice, you know, it's too good to be, you know, limited to just one vocal track, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, rip it, on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, in addition to, to doubling the take, I mean, I got back vocals going on back yeah. there. You know, I don't stop at even three. You know, I had Lemon Line. I, that hook's got seven different vocal tracks going mm -hmm. at once. I mean, I am just always searching for the next space that I can put my voice in because, I mean, that's my biggest talent. That's my biggest asset as a rapper, as a singer, is, is my voice. So when, when you say your voice, um, it, is it usually the texture of it, the way you perform it, or do you mean like your singing voice too? Because I do think your singing voice does come out very well in this song. Yeah. And so was that something that you, when you got into rapping, was something that you wanted to employ as one of your assets? You, oh, you knew absolutely. you wanted to sing on I these mean, tracks. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I knew I wasn't just necessarily going to be rapping like Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. You know, right, I, that's right. not my lane. And you know, you got to find your own style and your own voice. And I, mean, I take a lot of influence from seeing other rappers develop into better singers. And I'm just seeing the trend and I'm seeing, you know, the direction in which the industry is going. And I just think that my voice has a distinct quality to it that's going to fit well in the way the rap industry is going to look in the next five years. Uh, the music industry is changing, uh, so people shouldn't be afraid to be different as we enter, you know, the next stage. Right. Time to change with it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think that's a nice look into these lyrics, and the way you approach songwriting is really great, and I applaud you for doing you. I definitely was not listening to this song and thinking, oh, this is, you know not honest or this is like tacky or yeah. what is this white boy doing on a beat? You know right. what I mean? Like you definitely command your space mm -hmm. and you sell yourself as like, this is just what I'm doing. Like yeah. if you don't, if you don't fuck with it, then okay. But like, I'm not yeah. changing myself to be anyone else. I'm not right. pretending here. I'm just being me. And I think it's doing you a service. You mm -hmm. know, it's definitely in the right direction. So very cool. So, now that we've got the lyrics kind of broken down, I think it's time to dive into the beat. All right, now we have Alex Oren here with us today, and Alex Oren produced this beat with Joseph X, and he's coming on to talk a little bit more about the actual production side of the song after we got all the lyrical stuff out of the way with Joseph. So, Alex, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How about you? I'm great, man. I'm great. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. All right. So we talked to Joseph X a little bit about sort of his headspace when he went into crafting the lyrics for the song. Um, so I'm interested in knowing 
What was your headspace like? Kind of like where were you at in your life? How did you approach this beat when you sat down to write Suede? Um, I was sort of in like a chill vibe and uh, wanted to do something that wasn't like too happy or too sad, just like kind of like in between and like kind of ambiguous. The song is like a collaboration of our just different moods, I guess, but and I think, you know, a lot of the process, especially if I'm in the room with him, is he'll put something down and then I respond, you know, really quickly. And then we, we kind of bounce off each other, you know, what gets us excited. So Definitely. Yeah, as soon as I heard him put down those chords, I was like, you know, roll with that, roll with that. And then we kind of just, you know, go to a certain direction we both want to go towards. This time we sort of like wrote things out and like took more time. It was more meticulous and it was like catered for a specific artist versus just a mundane like hip-hop beat the first thing that stood out to me when i heard the song was the pads and you know the chords that lay out through most of the song I really liked the different chords that you used. They felt very complex, you know, like you were doing a lot of interesting chord structure, playing around with different notes that made you feel, I don't know, really chill, like you were saying, really mellow, but at the same time, not boring. It was like captivating in a very chill way. So how did you approach getting that vibe across when you sat down to write those chords? Basically, uh... I'll just start out with like seventh chords or just like jazzy sounding chords, throw them together. And like if the progression has like a movement in it and it tells its own story and loops back around, then uh, that's that's usually the first thing I'll go with if I find something that has a good progression. They make you stand out because not everyone's using those type of chords. And uh, I just like the sounds, all the different like tonal qualities of them, too. I agree jazzy chords or chords that have the seventh of the scale in them just add another feeling to the chord because just the basic one, three, five, um, you know, structure for a chord is just super basic and mm -hmm. doesn't really say anything. And I think when yeah. you add a seventh and you you'd use these jazzy chords, it makes them, you know, way more interesting when they interact with the other chords. You know what I mean? And there's all sorts of different combinations. Are you going to yeah. have a sixth or a seventh or, you know, a ninth? You're going to get really crazy with it. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm definitely on the same page with Alex. I think it, you know, differentiates your sound. I laid down originally the chords. I laid it down on MIDI just in a piano, and I changed it to just a basic synth with like a sine wave with some extra harmonics added to it. And that's the top layer. And then I added some like chorus and effects to that one. And the bottom layer is a piano. I pitch shifted it up an octave and then cut out all the lows. So you can't really hear the uh, the clicking of like the piano. It's just, it has like a very soft attack. And then to add on to that, um, I put it through a guitar amp simulator 
to just mess around with like the mid range, then put reverb and the compressor to to sort of shape the transients. So all of those different steps were sort of building to making the pads be this warm, um, subtle, but very rich sound. Is that what you were going for? Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that they, they build a really nice bed for mm. um, for Joseph to, you know, do his singing over. Because I, I feel like the chords and the singing flowed really well together. Is that something that you yeah. found too, oh, Joseph? absolutely. I mean, as soon as I heard it, I was like, I got I to gotta get on this as of today. Like, yeah, right. Waste no time. Immediately. Yeah, right. No wait. Yeah. The pads and the drums come in at the same time and sort of help set the tone for the whole track immediately. And what I noticed was all the instruments uh, in the percussion had this cool echo effect to them, whether they were programmed in or whether you wrote them to kind of mimic an echo effect. So what was the reason behind that? What was the vibe you were trying to push? I was trying to push um, just like an ambient texture and it was about finding with the snare it was about finding a good balance between something that was going to be ambient in the background but at the same time sort of like let you know that there's a snare right there and it's kind of like in your face. I just have my snares and my hi-hats talking to each other so when something important is about to happen so like let's say a snare hit I have um, a hi-hat roll right before that to indicate that something important is going to happen. Talk to me a little bit about the sounds that you picked for your percussion. So um, for your kick, for your hat, for your snare, um, are the actual sounds you picked out important in, in any way or are they like some of your favorites that you use in a lot of tracks? For the kick, it was something that I made that day. I just created a kick from like a sine wave and just did a bunch of like processing to it. Um, and then layered that with a, uh, like an acoustic drum hit that was sort of like saturated to give it like an old retro vibe almost. Then I compressed those kicks together and that's like the actual kick for the song. Oh, um, cool. Okay. So what, what was the reason um, to kind of combine both the sine wave you know, that kind of helps give you a full sound with that more compressed retro sound. The reasoning for it was mainly because uh, I just wanted the kick to fill up the mix and also like thump because uh, one of them takes out, like takes the punch and the other one is like the body of the kick almost. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that was one of those moments too where I kind of got to step in and say, you know, I wanted to go, you know, three times, like, bop, bop, bop. You know, I really like that, you know, having that kind of staccato effect like that. And we're always, you know, bouncing ideas off each other. So, I mean, that was another example I got to kind of participate in that process. Mixed in with all the other instruments, you also have this nice rumbling 808 that sits underneath everything. Um, I feel like it plays around really well with the percussion. Um, so how did you write that 808 bass line to fit in with the rest of the song? 
So basically, um, with most of my 808s, and in this song particularly, it just follows the kick pattern. And then all my 808s have to always like tell a story, just like the chord progression. They have to create a movement in the song. But to get them to sit in well with the percussion mainly was a mixing thing. I just did a bunch of EQing, um, harmonic saturation, and side chaining. Um, what I did with the EQ in this instance is basically uh, I would turn up a band on the EQ and find where it was like interfering with the percussion. And then I would say, I'm going to turn that down in that area. So I just carved space for the percussion out of the 808. And then after that, I used a plugin called Decapitator, which is like a distortion saturation plugin. And what that does is it adds upper harmonics, which is really important with uh, this 808, because without that, you probably wouldn't be able to hear it on like phone speakers, because the bass would just be too low. And then we just compressed the signal down again, so it wasn't just like moving everywhere. And then uh, side-chained the kick to the 808, which means uh, every time the kick played, the 808 would go down in volume, so it carves out a space for the kick to hit. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. that's that's super interesting. So just like you were talking about with having the drums play around, you know, with each other, speak to each other, you kind of do the same thing just within instruments. It's really cool the way you're describing this. It sounds like you really try and make a pocket for each sound to, sure. to pop out in the mix and to sort of hold its own. Yeah. Because that's, uh, that's ultimately what the mix comes down to, I think. Just, like, the amount of space. That's what lets the vocals, like, take precedence over everything. It's because there's space. Yeah. Okay, cool. So the last piece of the instrumental we still have to talk about is the piano that comes in um, towards the end of the song. And I really liked the switch up. It, it sort of gave the track more of a, I don't know, like a, a tangible feeling. It felt a little more like, I don't know, like you suddenly sat down at a piano and were... It's a switch up. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely it, a switch it's up. It's definitely a great, you know, moment in the song where it kind of just switches over and you kind of get hit all of a sudden with it. And But it's not, it doesn't speed the song up or slow it down in any way either. It's kind of just a change of... Uh, of vibe, tone, almost. Of tone, that's a good yeah. way to put it, yeah. Um, so, Alex, what was the reasoning behind bringing that piano in? It basically started out as um, a really interesting idea, because when we were listening to the song, I sort of, like, got the impression that it the beat was kind of, like, repetitive, and I wanted to do something to change it. Mm -hmm. I just took from ideas about, like, jazz reharmonization, so basically just playing chords in and out of the key, just around that melody. But uh, we played it on the piano downstairs in my house, recorded it on a phone to sort of get that like lo-fi effect, just made that the bridge. That's really like, interesting. So so that piano is is a live performance. It wasn't programmed into the, um, you know, to the audio workspace? Correct. Very cool. And, you know, that, that's just another example of, you know, what makes Alex so good at what he does is, you know, sometimes we'll just be working on a song and then, you know, I'll kind of see him, you know, in his headspace, you know, for a few minutes. Uh, and then he'll say, hold on. 
you know, stop <laughs> everything. And I then, love those moments. And, and then and then I'll be asking me like, what 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 are you gonna do? What are you what's, what are you what are you gonna do? And he, you know, he's gonna be so excited about the idea. You can't even explain it to me until he actually gets it done and gets it, you know, plays it out for me. And as soon as I hear it, I'm like, wow, this was you know incredible. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> but, agree. You know, it's it's like you know social network. He's, he gets locked in. You know, he's you just gotta you know make it before he can explain it. We're just hyping you up over here, Alex. <laughs> How do you feel about the collaborative process of it? Um, like, how do you feel like working with Joseph X at the same time helps you create a better song? He's creative too, so he's. It's easy to work with people who are creative because they let you do creative things most of the time. Just being able to do that, we're able to like work outside the box and do things that people like don't necessarily think to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with more with you know how Alex said is you know we kind of let each other do what we do best and you know there's it's very little of us saying you know you know do that differently you know it's all you know let's take that idea and then turn into an even better one you know with both of what we bring to the table you know it's it's one of the i'm very lucky you know to be able to work with a guy like alex thanks yeah i'm very lucky to work with joseph too yeah rep of st louis yeah STL. <laughs> All right, Alex. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy hearing how different people talk about their production because um, compared to the other people that have been on the show, you really come at it from um, a really interesting technical angle. So, you know, it's it's really neat to see everyone have their own route to take with, uh, with, mm -hmm. with the way they create music. So, yeah, just very inspiring. <laughs> and he's got a tape coming, too. It's coming out March 18th. It's called 18, After My Age. And it's basically trap infused with R&B and just, like, all different melodies, all different harmonies, and self-produced, self-engineered, self-mixed, self-written. You're a self-made man. Uh, can't wait to share <laughs> it with you guys, so... I love it. Yeah, man. I can't wait to hear it. Um, yeah. And plug your SoundCloud while you're at it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, my SoundCloud is just Alex Oren, but you can also follow me on Instagram at Alex Oren Music. Beautiful. And uh, Joseph, where can we find the track Suede? Yeah. Uh, so my SoundCloud is real, Joseph X, uh, no spaces. Uh, that's my Instagram too. My Twitter is Joseph three underscores X. Uh, so any of those, you can go on there. You can find me. Just go on my account. I got 10 songs. I got, you know, three or four other songs I've done with other artists that are on there, too. So, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, put more stuff out there. Beautiful. Well, thank you guys both for coming on the show. I hope you had a good time. I really love learning more about how local artists are putting together their music. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And, I mean, that's... Fuck it. Peace. Peace out. That's, I, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> and now here's Joseph X's track, Suede. This song contains explicit lyrics. Try to avoid it, but I never left. Lawyer 
raise it, wanna take the 10%. Take a quarter K to stay out of fans. I was born and raised to carry the team. Out of 40 days of being depressed, I'm the last one standing. I'm on top of things now. Big cars and big mansions. Take a second, breathe out. Only difference is crowd. Only difference is now. I get high whenever you come around. Flipping diamonds from a cool I can't hardly move, yeah. High before the news break. A 12 and I pursue, yeah. Backwards in that Bruce Wayne. I'm kicking on my shoes, yeah. Vibing in that blue sweater. Step into the booth, ayy. You know how we do, ayy. I can't hardly move, yeah. High before the news break. A 12 and I pursue, yeah. Backwards in that Bruce Wayne. I'm kicking on my shoes, yeah. Vibing in that blue sweater. Step into the booth, ayy. You know how we do, ayy. Smoke yeah, a whole yeah. in a way. Roll like a zip when I land. I just don't know what to say when I'm off of these hands. I'ma be going the same, but so keep me an A when I can't believe in the land. LeBron James in the wrong lane. I can waste time, it's a long day. Eight nights of a crossfade. I was face down, I was off base. I can't slow down, I can hardly look out for you. I get so hard that I might not come down. We must stay up all night, baby. I don't know how, cause when I close my eyes, I can think about you now. Yeah, I can't think about you now. Yeah, yeah, I can't even remember you now. I've been faded on my 70 nights. Ace of spade on words whenever we ride. I can pay to prove the pain with the price. Can't complain cause I ain't taking no advice. Yeah, high before the news break. A 12 and I pursue. Yeah, backwards in that Bruce Wayne. I'm kicking on my shoes. Yeah, vibing in that blue sweater. Step into the booth. Hey, you know how we do. You've been listening to The Breakdown with Daniel Litwin. See you next time.